Thank you for listening to our conversation today. During recording, it became clear that we had to split this initial talk into two parts in order for nothing to be lost due to time restrictions. Please enjoy part one of our special episode of Rock Shop Talk on diversity and inclusion in the decorated apparel space. Part two will be released next week. Until then, press onward. Welcome to Rock Shop Talk. Our show talks best practices, fun anecdote, and the latest cutting edge technology in our field to kick your screen printing gear into hyperdrive. Today's episode features the topic of diversity and inclusion in the decorated apparel space. And we're joined by our special guests. Gavin St. George of Proud T-Shirts, Amber Massey of T-Shirts for Hope, Nick Burton of Eternal Designs, and Mike Kahn of Synergy Media. To follow the Rock US tour bus and even reserve a visit when we come through your town, follow hashtag Rock US tour on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be right back. So I want to welcome everyone to Rock Shop Talk. My name is Ross Hunter, alongside of my creative director, Meryl Caps. Hello. Our show talks about best practices, fun anecdotes, and the latest cutting-edge technology in our field to kick your screen printing gears into hyperdrive. Today's episode features the topic of diversity in the decorated apparel space. Um, we're joined by a special guest, Gavin St. George of Proud T-Shirts, Amber Massey for, with T-Shirts for Hope, Nick Burton with Eternal Designs, and Mike Kahn of Synergy Media, along with uh, internal guest here, Mr. Brian Richards, who is our uh, channel sales manager at Rock US. Um, before we kind of kick this off, just want to go into a quick update. Uh, we kind of do this every week, but um, our tour bus is almost ready to, to hit the road. I've said that now three different weeks in a row. Yeah, one day we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it right. Yeah. One day we'll get it. But uh, to be fair, we're, we're updating as we get the updates. So, true. Yeah. They're almost done with the interior, which is exciting. Tires are going on it. Um, then we'll go get a nice wrap. And then uh, we're hoping to hit the road actually at the beginning of August making our way down to Northern California, down into Southern California, and then across to Arizona kind of for the first tour. And then we will be going late August from Arizona through Oklahoma, and then down um, through the Panhandle of Texas into Fort Worth to attend ISS Fort Worth. So exciting news. We're really uh, stoked to hit the road and, and get back to seeing uh, some of our rock family. So okay. good times. Today's episode, we are talking about diversity in the decorated apparel space. Um, obviously, a lot going on in our country and our world right now with Black Lives Matter movement, um, as right. well as a lot of um, headway being made in the LGBTQ community as For well. Sure. We just saw a Supreme Court decision that was pretty cool. Huge um, news. Huge news. Awesome. Um, last week. So we're going to be bringing in the topic of diversity. We're joined by a great panel of special guests. We've got Gavin St. George of Proud T-Shirts. Hi, Gavin. What's up? <laughs> We've got Amber Massey of T-Shirts for Hope. Hi. Welcome, Amber. We have Nick Burton of Eternal Designs. Hey, Nick. How you guys doing? Good, Good man. <laughs> and we have Mr. Mike Kahn of Synergy Media. How's it going, Mike? How's it going, everybody? Great here. Fantastic. We're also joined by Brian Richards. Uh, he is an internal 
uh, team member here at Rock US that deals with our channel management. What's up, Mr. Brian? What's happening? And of course, our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Thanks, Merrill. And thanks for setting up this great studio. We just put oh, this together okay. today, actually. So excited yeah, to be uh, using a new yeah. technology for the first time. Maiden voyage. Absolutely. So we want to kind of kick things off, um, go around the table here, um, have each uh, one of our panelists introduce themselves, their shop, uh, give a good plug for yourself, you know, throw out your IG, your Facebook for the people that are listening. And I just kind of want to understand what got you into this industry um, to kind of just kind of kick this off and, uh, and then we'll get into some questions and, and go from there. Uh, let's get started with Gavin. What's up? What's up, everybody? So Gavin, uh, so Proud T-Shirts is the name of our company. So we're in Miami, Florida. I think we've been doing this going to four years now, right? So it started as a crazy idea for my wife. She wanted to, <clears throat> she wanted to play around doing some onesies and stuff for our kids. I was working and I didn't want to do it really, but she <laughs> said, you are going to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I did it after, you know, I was helping her out and I saw that this was an opportunity to start a business. Uh, so we've been going at it for four years. It's been crazy. Actually, we kind of linked up with Ryanette uh, early on in our like journey. And it's been kind of crazy ever since. Awesome, man. Nice. Very cool. Amber. I'm Amber Massey. I'm from Fortson, Georgia. Um, the name of the business is T-Shirts for Hope. And um, I got started. I was a school teacher, knew I wanted to help people. And the money was not great. And I was stuck <laughs> in four walls and I just don't sit well. So um, I ventured out to pharmaceutical sales and then decided I was going to do mission work full time. Mm -hmm. And then I had to find out how to make some money to do mission work. So um Ended up at a showcase to buy a manual and left with the automatic. And it allows me to, business-wise, I raise at-risk kids. So we take kids from the projects or who are homeless, um, who don't want to be part of the state. And I just I had to find a way to get them through high school and college. And there and behold, we have T-shirts for hope. Wow, that's powerful. Phenomenal. That's great. Wow. Mr. Nick. Uh Nick Burton with uh, Eternal Designs. Uh, you can find us on IG at eternaldesigns.co. Um, I got into this, well, I kind of started this, you know, I learned how to screen print in high school, never really went into it, but I kind of got back into this because I hated my job. I'm an <laughs> artist. I got to be doing stuff, moving around, something to that effect. And uh, I got to a point where I was really burnt out. So I was like, hey, let's... Uh, Let's try to screen for anything back out again and see what happens. So uh, I've been uh, going at it here for six years, this being the sixth year. Uh, slow grinding to get to a certain point. It's been uh, it's been a fun ride, and I wouldn't change it for sure. But and I love it, and um, art is my passion, so that's why I'm here. It's awesome. Wonderful. Very right, cool. Mike. So uh, I'm you know I'm Mike Khan with uh, Synergy Media. Uh, we're actually a almost 20 year old uh, design uh, merchant marketing company um, out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, you, you know, 
my goal was always not to deal with customers. So we, early on, we started, you know, like doing our in-house brands. And, you know, one of those things was um, Fuck Hate. It's an activist t-shirt company that uh, deals with uh, LGBT rights, anti-racism, and women's rights. Um, and, you know, we kind of like drive people, you know, to our website through uh, viral videos. You know, our content has been seen over 200,000 uh, or 200 million, million times across like numerous platforms. Um, we've always done apparel, but we didn't do it in-house. And about uh, six, seven years ago, I just got tired of our contract people um, making mistakes and me having to deal with their lead time. So, you know, at one of the shows, I met Ryan and got our first rock. And now we have two rocks. <laughs> and again, you know, we could, you know, obviously we, we you know, we, we do a ton of contract work for, you know, for retail brands, but uh, uh, definitely it started because we just wanted to control the process. Awesome. Well, thank you all for introducing yourselves. Um, you know, a lot of powerful reasons why you got into this industry and, and obviously a lot of people already doing work for exactly you know, what we're talking about today, which again is diversity. I want to start out by just say, saying we're, you know, our goal here is really to lend a platform for your voices to be heard. Um, we, you know, want to be clear that you guys call the shots in this conversation. If there's a topic that you want to speak more or less on, like for us, it's a learning process. Um, and this is, you know, a great place for us to understand, you know, for our business and for the industry, what we can do, what we can be a part of with the reach that we have, uh, you know, to really combine with the reach that, that our, our customers have to really start to, you know, hopefully implement some change. Um, I don't, none of us claim to have any of the answers for sure. Um, but our hope is by having, you know, this conversation and hopefully more conversations that we can start to elevate awareness into um, the topic of diversity, you know, and really start with our industry and, and um, you know, learn how to fix this as, as a group. So, yeah. um, so I kind of want to start with a quote. Analyst and researcher John Burson famously said, companies that embrace diversity and inclusion in all aspects of their business drastically outperform their peers. Um, so what is the biggest thing you want the Black Lives Matter Matters allies to know from your perspective with race relations within our industry? It's a big question. You know, Nick, you actually wrote quite a bit about this. It's going to go out in the blog, but like from your perspective, what needs to change within our industry to create awareness? I mean, this is obviously a step having this podcast, which is fantastic, but there's a much bigger rooted issue, you know, across our country, but then specifically within our industry, you kind of pointed out some things that, you know, we could definitely start with and yeah. wanted to kind of get your perspective on that and then have everyone else chime in. I'll touch on some points here for sure uh, in it. Uh, one thing I'll say is um, that you guys should realize that in this industry, as the almost, I, I, I almost say gatekeepers of it, because you're not really necessarily a gatekeeper, but you do hold a lot of power. Understand that because you hold that power, you can choose how to wield it. Uh, you can choose exactly where you want to uh, put that energy and put that focus and to be able to expand and expand, you know, expand on, you know, what's going on, um, how people are 
being perceived uh, in the industry, uh, where you actually want to shed a little bit more light. Um, I, I think people who are, uh, me being, you know, African American um, in this industry, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily really looking for the world. Uh, if anything, a small piece of something uh, it will really help. And, and typically, when I'm saying that piece, I'm saying, hey, um, if you know that. Uh, this could benefit me. Maybe just invite me to the party and allow me to kind of fend for myself. Um, but don't say, well, I don't know if he, he'll cut it here. I probably won't reach out. Maybe just give me the shot to just be in the room. Um, allow me to do the, the work on my own um, to actually network and, and, and talk to people. So I would say that it really starts just from saying, you know what, we're going to uh, open up the gate a little bit. Um, you know, move around, you know, I would call it kind of peeking behind the curtain in a way, but just move around and, and interact with people. Um, that, that would go a long way just to see more faces. Um, I know, for example, if I step into a room, um, and, uh, I don't, I don't see anybody else of color. I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> it's gonna be a long night. Uh, I remember the first time I met Gavin. Uh, it was just me and him in the room, and I was like, "Okay, uh, let's 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 do it. Let's uh, let's let's mingle. Let's let's rub elbows. Um, let's make everybody feel like you know we're warm, welcoming people." But um, more faces in the room for me personally just kind of brings down that uh, heightened level of kind of sensitivity. Because, and I say sensitivity from a standpoint of, I feel like I'm a little bit more on edge sometimes, and I'm trying my best to just make sure I don't say anything or do anything to get kicked out the door. It just allows me to just be a little calmer, go into conversations a little bit easier. Um, I, I'm I still mind my words, I would say, but it just allows you just to be a little bit more free flowing, like you are with your friends in a sense, versus hmm. feeling like you kind of have to uh, have that job interview kind of style and very robotic and just right. you're just able to relax a little bit so open the door let, let uh, uh, more people in I would say is probably the, the best way to kind of start bridging that gap just open the door and uh, hey come on in awesome Gavin do you have anything that, that you wanted to add to that sure sure so um, well I'm from Haiti right so originally I was Born there, I came here to the U.S. as, like, before, just before my teenage years, right? So that I look at the world, like, through the Haitian lands. And you guys, if you guys know the Haiti story, Haiti has this powerful history of, like, abolishing slavery, that, uh, stand up to, like, oppression, and just reject that whole idea of hatred, right? Um, and for that, and because of that, Haiti has a lot of enemies. And because Haiti doesn't, just don't really play with that, right? So that's, uh, I'll say that to begin that. And so I know, I know Brian, uh, I know Brian, right? And I know you as well. You guys, I think you guys think I'm, I'm okay, right? Cool people, yeah. right? right? I think you're amazing. Good in my book. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Dang it, sir. So, and you know, I'm a black dude, right? I think most people are just cool if you let them be cool, right? Or if you kind of just like, 
uh, I don't think most people are out to hurt people or and violence. So it's like a lot of like rhetoric out out, out that perceive black folks as being like, you know, this uh, different type of creature, you know what I mean? Almost like inhumane in some ways. Like, so my only thing would be like, all right, start with you personally, just allow, just if you want to, nobody could force you, just think these are just people too. I think if, it, if that's, that would be the first step. And then of course, like institution wise, like in a business, if like he said, if you have the power or the market uh, control like Ryanette and Rock does, the actions that you guys take speaks loud, you know? If you guys deciding that, uh, one of the things that attracted me to this industry was watching Ryan and he was kind of cool, kind of fun, like in the videos, right? Sharing all this information. To me, that was like, all right, this is something cool that, you know, I could see myself doing that, right? If it's coming from a bunch of guys that I can't relate with, it's different, you know? And sometimes I think that's done purposely where like the selection is of people that's there is put there just as a barrier to other groups that didn't get in. But if you're consciously trying to make sure that it's even, like when it comes to diversity, when it comes to just women and people that's different sexual orientation, you're speaking by taking those actions. And sometimes be just the talking is not, and I've had this conversation with Ryan and other folks, especially with the whole all made situation. Yes, telling a good story is good, but what I respect about all made and what they're doing is actions speak louder than words. Paying people right, uh, treating them good, that's where it's at, you know what I mean? Not just saying that you're gonna do it uh, or saying these nice words or whatever. Uh, but taking like real, real action and allowing people to like be cool, just be human, you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we'll kind of move over to Amber. I kind of want to go around the whole table, I think, with this question. It's a, it's a pretty big one, so. Yeah, what's been your experience so far with your efforts with uh, Teachers for Hope and and having that conversation around Black Lives Matter or Pride or any other um, movements such as that? I would say that I, um, like I'm very active and I have a lot of roles, different roles with this. Um, I mean, I'm a, a white female. My mother is half Japanese. My grandmother's full Japanese. So my mother went through segregation where she wasn't really accepted by the white people or the black people. So I've heard like you know, from her, especially what's going on now, just that she understands not to be a black person, but to not fit in. Um, so not to be the majority and that, I mean, with me being a female screen printer and being in my forties, I'm definitely not the majority by any means. Um, but I do a lot of shirts with uh, colleges and diversity. And um, so I get to hear the kids a lot, their views. And then I have two white children, biological kids, and then I raise my bonus boys and they're all black. And it's just, so my heart and my views are all over the place. I mean, you hear one thing and then you hear it from somebody else. And so I collaborated with um, some of the teachers at the college and some of the kids and we did a Black Lives Matter t-shirt and you've probably seen the signs, it's on my page, but it talks about, 
we never said only black lives matter. We never said all lives don't matter. But what we did is we did one that echoed the statement that the posters that were held by the black children. And then um, we just changed the words around to where it was, they never said, so it was coming from somebody who wasn't African-American or black or of color. Nick, I'm not sure what word I'm supposed to use on that. We've had a lot of discussions about that. Um, and so my local people were just all over it. They were like, this is the best thing. This speaks for everybody because I mean, as a white woman, like I wanted to do something and I just felt like I didn't know what. So I asked people who were touched the most and I got such hatred on Twitter about it. I mean, it's like, I thought I gave the best, you know, of both worlds. And I mean, I got hate messages and I only have like 25 followers on Twitter. That's what was crazy. Um, so I took it down and it was just like, it was one of those things. Like, I know that God has me here to make a difference and to speak up for those that can't speak. But after posting that, it was just, this is like the best thing that could happen. I mean, like I almost didn't want to come on here. Cause I, I kind of had that taste of like, you know, is a difference going to be made in this industry with people with different opinions? Like I've never felt so separated and I've never really felt excluded as a female screen printer. I think that I'm entertaining because I see things totally different, but um, just as the community as a whole, just with this, the Black Lives Matter thing, I was thinking as a printer, I could pull everybody together and it hasn't worked yet. Well, I'm, I'm glad you showed up here. I mean, that we're hoping, you know, as Nick kind of pointed to, we want to, you know, we're the second largest distributor of, of automatics in this country, you know, actually the first in the world, depending on how you look at it. And, you know, our hope is to be that change. It's horrible that, you know, that happened and you felt like you needed to take something down that was, you know, something that you were trying to make change and, and be a part of a solution. And, you know, I can kind of speak to myself in that same lens. You know, I own my business in Los Angeles and lived there for, for 15 years. And I come from a very diverse upbringing. I've moved 37 times across four different states, had to make lots of new friends in my life. And it was interesting to me because I, I always viewed myself as, you know, that person that I don't see race, I don't see religious orientation, sexual orientation. And I, I actually realized through this movement that that's my problem. Well, I'm not part of the problem. I haven't been being part of the solution because it's just like, I love everyone. Well, that's great, Ross. I'm glad you love everyone, but everyone else doesn't love everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's where the problem lies. And so for us as a company, this has been a huge awakening. And I, I've reflected like now moving to Washington, you know, Southern Washington, it's so much different than LA. In LA, I was surrounded by amazing diverse people. And I just remember moving here and I had this whole different experience and it's taken this two years, two and a half years amount of time to like come to realize and it's like, what can we do? And, you know, again, I'm hoping this kind of helps spearhead it. And, and, and for us internally, this is going to be a consistent ongoing, you know, movement within our industry. So again, thank you for coming and, yeah. and, 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 being here because it, it's this is where it can start so um I, uh before mark goes can i jump on something that amber said 
Yeah, um, please. So um, one thing that I think um, sometimes gets lost in the whole, I guess, movement and makeup of everything is intent. Hmm. Why are you doing this? Uh, what purpose are you for what purpose are you doing it and what purpose are you trying to you know service in the uh, action in which you're taking right if that intent can't be um, seen in any way shape or form it's going to always be taken out of context um, I just based on you, you explaining it I don't see anything wrong with what you said um, even and, and then you also asked about the word. I mean, black is black, you know, either black or African American. People are going to have their kind of bones about it. Color, color probably won't really work. Probably don't want to go that way. People start thinking about uh, apartheid or something like that, you know. Uh, that, that's typically when you, you hear color because you hear, um, you hear that from people who are um, and, and during that time uh, that were either black or white, they're pretty much mixed in between color was what they used. Uh, also, in the South, it's just a term that never really resonates with a very positive feeling. But Black would have been perfectly fine. But what I think happened is, and what always happens when you are on anything social, is no one can necessarily see the intent. Um, if your heart doesn't shine through through what you're actually doing and they get it like kind of right then, it's going to always be the thing that people question. Also, I'll say this too. Um, for anybody white, realize um, that um, your intent and your your actions can be very positive, but unfortunately, you're you're all you're really at this point facing an uphill battle because it, it has gone on too long. Right. Um, there, it, it's almost a fed up point, right? It's, it's like rock bottom. In a sense. You, you can't you can't come back from you know rock bottom so easily just by saying sorry we acknowledge it because it doesn't come across you know sincere and genuine it comes across as so yeah so do you want to take this photo or you want to shuck and jive with me so you can kind of look a certain part and then you're gonna discard me now we've seen that before we're not doing this again so that's the whole sentiment i guess around the nation and i would say from an in industry standpoint i'm very leery of people who don't seem to have a genuine um, way of uh, of moving or th they just seem like they're just out for the, the photo op. Uh, kind of like Gavin said, I mean, you you, you want to be able to look at someone's action, look at how they move, how they how they conduct themselves and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I see it. He's a cool guy. Like, he means what he says. Um, like, Brian, that's my man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, Brian means what he says. He says what he means. He's he's genuinely who he is. I can see it in his actions, um, and it's 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 easily relatable because I'm the same way. So I think intent really is what we're talking about here. Um, don't try to be overly genuine. Just be who you are. And if they don't get it, if these five people don't get it, maybe the next five will. If those ten people don't get it, maybe the next five will. Those fifteen don't get it. Just keep going. Uh, just be resilient and driven to uh, prove your point and uh, stand for what you believe. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to reply to that real quick. I will say that I, um, like, clearly I look white, but I have such, like, a variety of friends and everything. It's not, like, 
I always laugh because people go, oh, I'm not racist. My, I have a black friend. I mean, that's, that's, it's so much more than that. I mean, I, I, I raised black children from the hood. I get no money for it at all. I mean, it is totally because of my heart that I do it. Um, I get judged on that too. People are like, oh, you're like Sandra Bullock. I'm like, no, I'm not. I print t-shirts for a living. I'm broke. Um, but the people locally that I collaborated to do the shirts, like they know me in the community that that's, I'm helping everybody. It doesn't matter your color, anything else. Um, so I didn't get lashed back here. It's on social media where people don't know me. Mm-hmm. And I would say I'm really tender right now where a lot of people are on edge. Um, but I feel I'm just, a, I'm a heavy filler and I feel sorry, not so much sorry, but I feel everybody's emotions. So I think on Twitter, just people not knowing me and judging me and just making very cruel comments. It was tough. Like maybe I'm not made for social media, but I need some sales. So I'm going to have to. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should collab on a shirt and then you just take the comments. <laughs> but we did do one that said white silence is violence. And then I got pushed back on that too. And I'm like, I'm just going to start wearing my own shirts and people can either ask me about them or not. But it's so I guess I want to know a good way to make a statement and make a difference. And I'm donating shirts. That was the whole thing. Um, so it allowed people to, you know, I was paying shipping and everything on them and I still got a lot of negative feedback. So it wasn't like it was a moneymaker. So I guess I'm just confused, but I do want to make a difference. Hopefully, well, when we get deeper into this too, maybe once we kind of tie this whole conversation together, it's it, some of that will come out like organically as well. Cause I think those are some of the topics that, that we want to talk about here. I do want to go to Mike and, and get his uh, take on, on this conversation as well. It, Mike, I'm sorry. I said Mark earlier. My apologies. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm Marcus and I go by Mike. So it confuses people all the time. It's okay. Um, and, and again, if, if you don't mind, can you just like summarize the question again? Because I think we've shifted through the conversation a little bit. So you can just, uh, if you can ask it again. Uh, yeah. So it was just, what's the biggest thing that you want the Black Lives Matter movement allies to kind of know from your perspective with race relations in our industry. And I mean, we can expand on that to, to any demographic, you know, necessarily, but just, you know, what, what do you think we need to work on changing starting here within the space that we all work in um, that can have a greater impact, you know, hopefully through obviously our community, but then, you know, further beyond. No, absolutely. It, 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 you know, and kind of like going a little bit on to, you know, like what Amber was talking about, you, you know, like uh, the, you know, being somebody that that's owned an activist brand for, you know, 10 plus years, I'll, I'll tell you that, you know, if you're going to get into activism, you better have really thick skin because <laughs> most of people are not going to like what well, uh, 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 for everyone that, that's going to love what you're doing, there's going to be somebody else that it's going to hate it. You know what I mean? And, and you know, like we always said, when you know, like when we started Fuck Hate is um, that, you know, you know the term that they say, you know, like um, any any attention is good attention because you're getting attention. Well, you know, um, one of the ways that we did it 10 years ago was, you know, using child actors you know, to, you know, to talk about, uh, marriage equality, you know, and we might've used some, you know, swear words, you know, uh, and, and unfortunately, you know, p- 
people uh, focus on a child saying the world the, the word fuck instead of the fact that there are millions of people in the United States and around the world that due to you know uh, uh, their sexual orientation are not able you know to marry their partner um, and you know in 2014 when you know when everything happened in Ferguson you know we saw an opportunity to you know to really expand up you know like what we were you know dealing with right because we dealt only with LGBT rights and you know we the day that uh, after Ferguson happened we picked up our uh, you know our crew and, and went out there and, and went to the neighborhood and actually found kids that were that were there and used them in, in you know in a video that you know and raised money you know for you know three um, African American uh, nonprofits you know that we donated money to but and then after that you know you have Trump grabbing and by the pussy and and and, and women and I'm like okay so like let's talk about um, you, you know you uh, know you know, another area, you know, that we can address and, you know, we, we, we were, uh, you know, we got into gender equality and, and you know, and, and feminism. I, I, I mean, but again, like you have to, like, if you think that, you know, uh, you, you know, the, the messages that you got on Twitter were tough, just, you know, think about, think about alt-right, you know, attacking your videos and having thousands and thousands of comments on, on the stuff that's like, just, I mean, the worst thing that you can think of, like that's what's been said to us. You know, our offices have been called and we received like death threats. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you know, people are insane. Um, and, you, you know, if, if you're going to, um, you know, I'll always tell people, you know, like if you're going to stand up for what's right and, you know, some of us do it a lot more vocally than others, right? But if you're going to be vocal about it, be ready to just <laughs> be, you know, be ready to like stand your ground because, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's not easy, you know? Um, I, I mean, I don't need to tell you all it takes is for you to, you know, follow the news and watch the news cycle and, and, and watch both sides, right? The left and the right. And they're going to take the same situation and portray it in the way that it fits their story. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I always looked at it as a way that, you know, I knew that my heart is in the right place and I know what I'm trying to do. It, I'm just trying to help in the best way that I can. Um, you know, is it always the right way? No, but that's the way that I know how to help. And, you know, like, you know, that's, that's what we've done. And we always said that, you know, like we as, you know, kind of like to take it back to the screen printing industry, you know, like we provide a t-shirt and one of like, kind of like the, you know, the mission of, you know, like fuck hate has always been arming thousands of people with t-shirts, you know, with messages that dealt with anti-racism and anti-sexism and LGBT rights that, that act as mini billboards of change, right? I mean, you know, it's their conversation starters, you know, and, and um, it can be, you know, if I can, you know, if I can wear a t-shirt that, you know, somebody, I'm going to be stopped by somebody and says, you know, like one of ours was, you know, some chicks marry chicks get over it, right? you know, people would stop us and, you know, they're like, that's really cool. And, you know, it would start a conversation or, you know, if, if it was, you know, when we did, you know, uh, our anti-racism campaign, it says, uh, you know, racism, racism is not over, but I'm over racism again, you know, and they're just big blocky letters, you know, stuff that people can see, but, you know, it starts conversations and hopefully, you know, you can start changing people's minds, you know, and, it, and I'm not trying to engage you and, you, you, you know, be, be, be offensive or, you, you know, I just, uh, 
you know, we all have our viewpoints. And if we can, you know, change even one person at a time, you know, it's something that we, you know, that positive that has come out of, uh, you know, the whole situation. Awesome. That was very well put. Um, so we are going to run to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, um, we will get into more meat on uh, diversity. At Rock US, we're committed to supporting a revolution for change that empowers all of us. We need your help in choosing a hashtag that lives up to the call to action that this moment deserves. Please help us by submitting your ideas to hello at rock.us. That's hello at roq.us. And thank you for being a partner for positive change. Want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we discuss all things screen printing. Today's episode, we are talking about diversity and inclusion in the decorated apparel space. Um, we're joined by Gavin St. George of Proud T-Shirts, Amber Massey, T-Shirts for Hope, Nick Burton of Eternal Designs, and Mike Kahn of Synergy Media, along with Mr. Brian Richards from our very own Rock US. Um, so welcome back to the show, and I, we're going to kick this off. I think uh, Brian is is going to get started here with some stuff. So yeah, absolutely. So something that uh, uh, Mike was saying, you know, looking at uh, diversity is one thing, right? But uh, inclusion is is something else, right? And there are key differences between those two. And it was similar to what Nick was saying uh, earlier. You can open the door to the room, you can let people in, you can invite people in, but what's the what's the tone in the room and what's the, what's the tenor in that room, right? Is it inviting? Is it encouraging? Um, how do you feel about being your true self or, or are you holding back or pulling back and how does that influence, you know, what you're doing? So really kind of focusing and highlighting on what are those differences? This is a podcast on diversity. Um, but what are the important distinctions for you between diversity and inclusion and what can we kind of from this side at Rock US do to embrace those differences as well? An action. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I don't, let's see. Um, there's a difference. Um, do you want me here or am I here just, just because, right? Uh, the, the, most of the time in most rooms, definitely within the industry, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't feel like I belong there. I, I don't feel like they want me there. I feel like it's, uh, hey, how you get in here? Uh, and it's like, uh, you know, the door is open. I walked in and it's like, well, who invited you? Um, and it's one of those things where I was like, okay, so I have to be invited just to come in. And it's like, oh yeah, you have to be invited to be part of this party. Uh, you don't fit the description. You don't fit the, the mold, the model. And it's like, why? You know, it, it always goes back to why. I think, um, I, I guess one way to fix it, because not everyone's going to think the way you think and feel the way you feel, uh, but generally putting people that are very middle of the road in the room also would help. Uh, finding those people. Um, I, I would like to say that uh, I believe everybody here in some capacity can hear both sides of the argument. Um, whether you agree with it or not, I think you are willing to sit there and say, hey, I'm going to, I know what I believe, but I'm able to hear your point and be able to kind of have that conversation and, and discussion to be able to go from there. I think it, it just has to be, I, th I think the room needs to feel inviting enough to be able to at least get to that point. 
that I think that's where the inclusion is at. It's very much a, okay, diversity is, of course, having a certain amount of people in the room. Inclusion feels like you want to at least have the discussion. Like you, you, you actually want the person to be there to at least be able to kind of, you know, um, work with them or, or, or kind of, you know, have that discussion to be able to talk about anything. I think in the industry, depending on where you go, you guys do more shows and, and things of that nature than I, I, mean, I go to, of course. Um, but I know the Long Beach show for me uh, is, is probably the best show to go to just because of the diversity I do see on the floor. Um, but after that, do you, after everybody's walking around on the floor, when there's like a, maybe an after hours event, it looks very clicky. It doesn't look like you see a lot of mingling of those same people. And I think, uh, that just kind of just goes back to, I guess, people's, um, maybe upbringing or the mindset or, or, or what they perceive as that. I think honestly, the inclusion is going to have to kind of start with kind of the people. I don't think the industry can do anything as a whole to get there. I think the, I, I, let's just use, you know, rock as an example. I mean, you guys can, by having this discussion right now, you're already providing a inclusive environment. You're already saying, Hey, we're willing to bring these people to the table to already have this discussion. And the only way you really can truly start to, kind of get that to sift out into the industry is just by having more of them. Um, again, if you type screen printing in on YouTube, you're going to see Ryan's face. He's plastered there everywhere. And he knew at a, at, I guess at an early state stage, I would say uh, that the more he's out there, the more people see him, the more he's going to be a little bit more like the more people just get used to seeing him. I think the same exact thing happens here. If you're, if you're going to let us in the room from the diversity standpoint, the inclusion is continuing to have the conversations with all different people from all different walks of life, um, whether it's, you know, black, white, Asian, Latino, anybody who's LGBTQ+, um, all of that, all of that needs to be had. And I think that needs to be the thing that kind of starts this thing. We're not trying to fix it. We're just, we, we are trying to fix it. I'm sorry, but we're not trying to fix it like in one go. We're trying to right. slowly but surely work to that particular conclusion. I think that's really the best way, in my opinion, to kind of start tackling that problem. Well, and you kind of made a point in your your blog too, um, and I'm going to pick on that because, it, like I said, it was really moving. You really put a lot of time and thought into what you wrote there. And one of the things you pointed out was when you do walk around these industry events, different things where these you know whole gatherings you're not seeing as much diversity. And if I get this wrong, let me know, but within the businesses within this industry. So when you're walking, let's say a trade show floor and you're going from booth to booth, you know, the people that are working these booths, you're not seeing diversity. So there may be some in the crowd, um, kind of, as you said, in Long Beach, but is that kind of something you're experiencing for, so for like our other businesses out there that they're listening into this, us included, because this is something we're, you know, learning from and, and trying to grow from as well. Do you think that that kind of sparks a change as well as, as more companies kind of diversify their staff and, and, and the way that they're approaching their own internal businesses? Of course. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely uh, something that has to change. Uh, this is a messed up 
Well, well here's, the, here's the deal. This is real. If, if you think about, take McDonald's for example, if you think about McDonald's and you think about the first person you might see at the counter, what color do you think they might be? What race, what ethnicity do you think they might be? Are you thinking white? I'm not. Being honest with you, I'm not thinking that. When you think a expo or some type of, you know, trade room floor, uh, show, I mean, uh, trade show floor, I guarantee I'm not. I, I'm I'm not going to meet anybody black and and or you know Latino or Asian or you know any other ethnicity out there that I'm not covering. Like you're not going to see it. Uh, companies have to start showing more diversity by visible representation of that diversity. You can't just say, yeah, well, we uh, we tend to hire this and we have this, uh, which is kind of what I covered in the blog. Like, you know, can I see that person? Like, uh, I hear what you're saying, but can I see what you're saying? Um, you know, um, not particularly you guys, but I think the first time I went out there, hey, I think Gavin was the only one there walking around with a shirt on. Uh, and he was there to kind of represent that Haiti connection to all made. Other than that, I didn't see anybody else. Um, and I was like, okay, it's, you know, they're cool, but, you know, the question I always ask is, where am I at? Meaning, right. where are the people that look like me? Where are they at in this whole entire thing? Um, and I think that's one of those things that kind of just has to change. Um, and it can just change very simply just by saying, hey, we have one person here one person there, we can be sprinkled around. It doesn't have to be a flood or a tidal wave, but companies have to start saying, hey, we need to have more visible representations of diversity uh, in our business and our business model. And thus, that's going to naturally allow them to, I would say, look and appear more you know, in, inclusionary when it comes to just including people in the conversation. And, and, and it won't come across a certain way. It, nobody would take that wrong. They wouldn't say, well, you know, um, that's, the, that's the token uh, African-American. That's the token uh, person. Just, we got to have that one in the room just to say, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, we were able to fulfill the Rooney rule. Like, no, we want to be able to have everybody in there and, and it just needs to be a natural flow. I think if if that can be adopted by, you know, the businesses and the, and, the, and the companies in this industry, starting with this particular moment in time, going forward, I think naturally the you'll see a nice blend of those people on uh, on the floor, and I think that'll and and even you know not necessarily on like trade room floors, but also on your marketing, promotional products, your you know your branding. Um, again, I don't want to just see Gavin because he's Haitian on all made packaging. I want to see him standing beside a rock pulling some shirts too, you know, that lets me know I can kind of get to that point as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When you make an interesting point and I'm going to, I'm going to say something and I'm going to kind of segue another question that has to do with this and we'll kind of go around, you know, the table again here, but you know, we've been having conversations internally, you know, when I came here, I never again really noticed it. And then my eyes have, have been open wide to it's not just about hey let's hire you know a black person or or, or an asian or, or whatever the case may be right to like like i guess you use the term it you know token token yeah. person right if you do that 
you know, we were, we were talking internally, how does that person feel? Like if, if companies go out there and they just do, it's not just about creating a diverse workforce. It's about embracing um, diversity in the workplace. And I think that that's what goes missed too, is a lot of companies do go out there probably and hire, you know, purposefully hire for diversity. And if you're doing that, the person that now works there probably doesn't feel included. So this goes back to that inclusion conversation that as a business, if you're going to create diversity in the workplace, which of, of course is important for lots of different reasons, you have to have a culture that embraces diversity. Otherwise, it doesn't actually d do anything except probably more harm, you know, to that individual, I'm, I'm assuming. Is that... Does that resonate but that goes, a little bit? But that goes back to the first thing, though. It goes back to the first thing. I'll just let people jump in here. It goes back to the first thing. Give them the platform to at least speak when you bring them in. Don't right. just bring them in to say you're here. Like, allow, allow them to actually give you input, insight. Use some of those ideas. Uh, one of the things where I was at in the corporate space, because the corporate space I'm talking about is <laughs> I was in tax software. Uh, so I was one of those, I worked for a I'm sorry, by the way. I, I'm glad you're a screen for yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so tax software is not fun, but the, the one thing I had, I hated when we had, you know, project management kind of meetings and scrum meetings is I would throw out an idea and it's like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, but we're going to go this direction or the next day, somebody will turn around and use the same exact thing I said, but you know, they're white. And I'm like, you know what I just said last week or yes, okay. Like what happened here? Um, that doesn't make me feel like I'm being included in this conversation, in this whole process. So even if you start fixing the diversity, uh, the thing, the person that you bring in has to feel like they have some level of input to actually take what I'm saying. And they're saying, you know, we're consider it and they actually consider it and not all the time, but maybe one or two times they actually use it. That makes me feel good to do what I'm doing. I think that's really the key. Awesome. That's really So cool. I want to open these concepts up to the rest of the group here um, to, to get your insights and input as well. Uh, well, you, you know, I, I think, it, you know, there I, I guess two sides to it, right? You have one side of it is that, you know, we, um, we work in an industry that, you know, let's call it, a, it's a skilled trade, right? Um, you know, you can't go necessarily to school to learn, you know, how to do our business. Um, and the pool of people that we can pull from, if you're looking for skilled people, is very small, right? It, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, a large or a small city, you know, if you're looking for, you know, like, you know, we're in Columbus, Ohio, um, you know, the metro area has, you know, 2 million people. But if you really think about it, how many great printers are there in Columbus, right? And, you know, all of us that own, you know, print shops kind of like go through the same thing, you know, as we try to expand, in most cases, you kind of like have to poach people, right? Because they're, it's, they're so limited, uh, you know, that you kind of like, you're like, hey, I know you're working here, but, you know, it's the, <laughs> you know I have a better opportunity for you. Um, and... Uh, and I think, you know, so when you're looking at such a small pool of people to pull from, it makes, you know, the, the possibility of diversity that much smaller, right? Because, 
you know, if there's 30 people in, you know, in town that really you could use for this specific job, um, you know, what's the chance that, you know, one of those people is, you know, black or Latino or a woman or, you know, LGBT, right? It's, the, you know, so, and so I think, you know, that sentiment that you have, you know, from going to the, to the trade show, I think it's, I mean, it, it really what it is, you know, it, it's primarily white males that you see out there, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, but the second part of that is, the, you know, the inclusiveness that, you know, you were talking about. Uh, I, I think, you know, the one advantage that we do have, you know, as minorities is, you know, there's definitely power that comes with it too. And I think knowing how to leverage that, you know, like moving, you know, like in, in your business is really, you know, like powerful. You know, we are, you know, nationally accredited LGBTVE. Um, and we're fortunate enough that there is about 180 plus large fortune, you know, like 500 companies that recognize us as a minority within their uh, diversity supply. So, you know, we're able to kind of like stand uh, on the same ground as, you know, an African-American, you know, owned business, as a woman owned business. Uh, and, you know, all, you know, places like Target and AT&T and T-Mobile and Apple, Google, you know, as part of their, you know, like supply chain and you know, like they have a whole diversity supply department and they have a requirement that a certain percentage of the business that they do comes from minority owned businesses, you know, and, and, and really, you know, like learning how to leverage that it is huge and can really, you know, like, uh, you know, take your business to another level. And you know what, you know, uh, we've been fortunate enough to be placed in front of a lot of people and, you know, and sometimes, you know, that's not really the direction that we want to go in, you know, like, I don't, my business is not large enough that I can float for 90 days, a company like AT&T, <laughs> you know, um, you, you know, so, you know, but just knowing that I had kind of like a, a seat at a table has been really empowering for me, you know, that, that, you know, that I can go, um, you know, that there are specific annual events for, you know, diversity supply where, I have a chance to sit one-on-one -on -one with these people and present to them, you know, like what I'm about. And we have had the opportunity to work with, um, you know, like AT&T, uh, you know, and again, like I said, there were others that we just, you know, even though that we would have been very competitive, you know, I, I didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to like, just wait for them to decide to pay me 90 days, you know? Um, but, um, you, you, you know, like find, you know, like finding your niche and, and, you know, like leveraging your, uh, you know, I call them minority status, whatever that may be, really to, you know, you know to, uh, to really kind of like, you know, uh, capitalize, you know, like within that niche too, you know, like I know that, you know, being a gay man, it's much easier for me to approach, you know, like nonprofits and these like pride events and stuff and be like, hey, we're a nationally accredited, you know, company. I know you do, you know, like thousands of shirts every year, like let us, you know, like, let us do it for you. In the same way that, you know, like for Amber, you know, as a woman owned business, it'd be easy to approach, you know, a woman's organization and stuff or, you know, like for Nick and Gavin to approach, you know, organizations that primarily deal with, you know, like African-American people and stuff. So, you know, like, I think, you know, it's easy for us to sometimes be like, oh, you know, like people don't want us. Like you just got, sometimes you have to put yourself out there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, like it's awful you know, uh, you know, it really sucks, Nick, that, you know, like, like you said, that sometimes you walk into a room and you feel like you're not wanted there. Like, nope, like none of us want to feel that way. Right. It doesn't matter, 
you know, like what it is, but you know what, like it's happened to me a bunch of times, but I've learned to kind of like, just like walk in there and like own it. You know, I'm like, you know what, like, you know, like I know that my skill set puts me at a stable at the same level where, where everybody else is in that room, you know, and if you choose to be prejudiced, that's up to you that, you know, like that, I can't, you know, like, you know, your decision-making, I can't fight, but I know that walking into a room, I can have enough confidence to, you know, to, to show that, you know, like I do have a seat and, and the right to be in that, like in that same room with these guys. So, or women. That part. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I agree exactly with everything you said. And definitely that last point, you're right about that. That's what it is. Awesome. But I think it definitely is not a good feeling, you know, like walking in somewhere and you're like, oh, okay. You know, it's like, what am I, you know, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> How's it been for, for uh, you, Amber? Well, I am with Ryan because of that exact reason. Um, Brad and I met because I went to an Atlanta show um, with a budget to buy an, um, a blue machine that was manual and um, totally was just ignored. My dad was there with me and um, I was making conversation, you know, knew all my details, everything that I wanted. And they just kept looking past me, just kept talking to my dad. And my dad's like, it's her purchase. And I don't know if they thought that I was like, my dad was my sugar daddy or whatever. But um, I mean, it was ridiculous. And I'm just like, I mean, I was dressed cute. Brian told me a machine, but it was just like, like, look at me. And, you know, and the guys, they looked more like my dad. I mean, like khaki pants, polo shirt. So that is what I was used to. So it was kind of like, you know, I'm going to get the respect level here. And um, I mean, I've never felt so invisible ever. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up over at Rhinet, which I'm a very neutral person, like my colors and stuff. And I go over to Rhinet and everything's like fluorescent green. And I'm like, <laughs> not me, <laughs> um, not my color tones, but just the, um, there were no women over there, which really didn't, it wasn't something that I noticed, but Brian walks up and just conversation wise. And then he goes, let me introduce you to the owner or to the president. And there was Ryan. And I was like, wait, these guys are trying to include me. And I was a special ed teacher. So inclusion is huge. I know it inside and out. Um, and y'all just, I mean, it wasn't a sales pitch. It was just like, and Brian, you probably do not remember this, but I am in great shape because of you. I was 40 at that time and said, was trying to buy the manual. And you were like, how many shirts you do? And I was like, probably about 500 a day. And you said, you might be able to do them now, but in a couple of years, you're not going to physically be able to do it. And, uh, <laughs> I remember just, go, <laughs> just said it to me and we actually walked off y'all I'm not kidding we walked over to the stalls booth and then went back to an MR and I was just like wait maybe he had my best interest let's go back and talk to him <laughs> anybody who dad, knows me will will tell you I'm not always the smoothest with the ladies oh my God. <laughs> it was just like wait like that hurt my feelings and then my dad goes well how about this automatic? And it was the huge one, like the oval one. And I'm like, wait, did you miss what my budget is? And dad's like, what about the car? So next thing you know, we're getting one from Portugal that's already in the middle of being made and dropped from an eight to a five color. And, and it was inclusion, no doubt, because I was set. I mean, I had, I had already like filled out the paperwork for them. Like pretty much here it is. Here's my check. Get me a machine. And, um, not only not seeing, there was nobody that looked like me, which was totally fine because it is a male industry and I knew that, but it would have been so easy for them to just acknowledge I was there. And that's all it would have, I mean, that was it. They could have just been like, Hey, so glad you're here. Um, what can we help you with? And they would have my check and they just, they didn't. And it was, um, 
So I think Ryan did a great job, Ryan kudos on that one, um, to, to pull it in and make you feel included like a belong. Because it is. I mean, when you go to those shows, y'all have seen it. I've only been to one because it's way out of my budget. But the females that are there are like, I was in pharmaceutical sales, and they're like models, like, you know, the Bella Canvas models that are there and that kind of stuff. Even though those are females, I don't relate to that. Um, so as we were talking about, Nick, you were talking about the token one. It's, you know, there's a difference. It's a difference when you've got a 5'10 size 2 blonde on the floor yeah. versus a physical yeah. green printer. So I would say it doesn't, it's not somebody that has to look like me, but it is somebody who I can relate to. And I guess I relate much better to men in the screen printing industry because that's what there is. Mm -hmm. um, and I chose to be in this industry. So it's not like poor pitiful me. I mean, this is what I want to do and I love it. And Brian, thank you for telling me I was going to be really out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> so this, um, this lockdown is killing me. I did start back. That's awesome. I hope that I, I, I don't recall it specifically. I hope I was thinking that I was so confident your business would grow exponentially that you weren't going to want to have to print it manually. So what, however you want to, however you want to look at it. We will go with that. Do you want to kick off a, another, another topic? Real quick. I'm sorry. Oh, I just, I, I would like to hear uh, Gavin's point of oh, view yeah. on this. Yeah. So I think whenever we talk about this black thing, this word inclusion always come about, right? And everybody kind of knows, like if for the folks that's not black here, that's, you guys really haven't felt this, but like I'm sure you haven't felt included like in other stuff. Maybe you go to the playground or play some type of sports and you don't get picked, right? You know that feeling, right? That feeling sucks, it's terrible. So that's like what a lot of black folks have to live with uh, like their whole life, right? Especially like in the business world uh, where, you know, it's already super risky to start a business and we already know who holds most of the money and power in the US, right? Or in, in the world in general. So it's an uphill battle just, um, you know, carrying like almost carrying this skin around, right? Not that I'm not gonna work as hard or, not as talented or not as smart, just, but just because uh, this skin that I've been blessed with, I've been given, I know I'm probably not gonna be included. But saying that, let's say I was a white guy, right? I would probably feel like, man, these folks are like coming to try to take something from me, you know what I mean? Or coming to maybe this position I could have for my cousin or some other guy that looks like me. So I, I see it and I get it. But like, I think somebody said it earlier on, like inclusion is actually good business. <laughs> and it like you're doing me a favor or doing a black person a favor. It's like you're doing yourself a, a favor, especially in this like industry, right? So that that's how I would uh, say that to somebody that's like, say on the other foot, like, or that like that's white, or that holds the power. From a black person's uh, point of view, you just have to know who you are and know what kind of value that you bring to the marketplace. Like everybody brings something a little bit different. I wouldn't, I don't so much go and ask people to be like, hey, just help me out because I just want your help. I, I take the, I would say, take the other approach, you know, build up your skills, build up 
what you think like is important to the marketplace and go there and like almost kind of demand that you know like this is what I got this is what I could offer I you know could represent this I could build this I could do this sure I could build this company I could do this and it's, it's no longer this conversation about race when you know anymore even though it's there but it's no longer a conversation about race anymore it's a conversation about the value that we could like bring that's my take on things and the way I look at things you know I've been blessed in my life where I got enough health enough strength in my body I feel like I still got a lot of working years in my body I if I do what I need to do what is it that uh not to knock anybody what is it that Brian could do that I can't do what is it that uh Mero could do that I can't do what is it that uh anybody else here that do I can't do I, I could do it all uh if I choose to do it I put the energy behind it and the hard work so that would be my message or anything to say somebody that looks like me um yeah but also like white uh corporation white folks you know you hold the power you know you hold the money right but like just be cool don't be selfish like spread that thing around right <laughs> you know just and you spread it around it's good for you because uh, like if for example ryan it and get into this i i think everybody kind of tell the story how they got into the industry like when i was doing this whole thing with my wife like and I've always had like, you know, I was a sales manager, general manager for different companies, uh, right? And I had a good job before this thing. I was very lucky to do this thing, especially like most of my job has been like office type job, but a screen printing job was like, damn, I gotta get my hand dirty, play around with ink. Like I was not thinking that at all. What kind of attracted me to it was being able to see some, although Ryan, does not look like me, but I could see his hustle. Like, I love hustle. I love folks that, you know, just, I could tell that they're ready to just like run run through a wall, whatever, that kind of, that's the kind of excitement, kind of energy that excite me. So I could see myself almost like him in some ways and that attracted me. Somebody else may look at me while I'm doing my thing and they may see like, all right, cool, he's a black dude okay, because he's a black dude or somebody I could relate to, let's say I'm with representing Ryan that rock or whatever, that's a sale for rock or Ryan that, right? That's not, you know, that's, it's not like Ryan that or rock is giving me uh, don like a donation or whatever. I'm truly like making a sale or um, adding value. So I would, I would say that just know your value from a black person's pro uh, point of view. Of course, you got to put in the work, do your thing. And even from a black person's point of view, you're going to have to work a little bit harder just to be seen. That's just the way it is. Um, uh, that's just the way it is. It's not fair, but that's what it is. Uh, from the white person's point of view, you do have the power when it comes to the money and like whatever. Let's don't be selfish. Don't be greedy. Just like share that share this thing. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, like the intent right? Or how, how genuine are you? Is it 
diversity for diversity's sake or do you actually like mean what you're saying do you believe it it's it's like the um we've all seen the commercials with the the wind turbines and the flowers are blowing and solar and then it's like brought to you by exxon you're like wait (laughs) you know things do not yeah there there has to be a little bit of like coming from the status quo Mm -hmm. and coming from a predominantly white male industry that we're in um, you know, are we putting, are we putting it out there? Are we saying, Hey, diversity is important because diversity is cool right now. Right. Not you to know, check a box for diversity's sake, or do we actually believe in what we're saying? Which leads me into my next question, which is how do you measure that? Right. Mike said, um, Mike talked a little bit about, you know, Google, I think is, is, um, making sure that they're directing a certain amount of, um, you know, dollars out is going to, black owned businesses or LGBT owned businesses, um, you know, is that, is that how to do it? What are, what are ways that you guys um, either in your own businesses or what you would recommend for other businesses who are really trying to embrace, um, you know, diversity and inclusion? How do you measure that? So uh, I'll, I'll take this one. So you almost have to force it a little bit because it's not just going to happen by itself, right? Because if it was going to happen by itself, it would have happened by itself, right? So you, in the beginning, it's going to be a little bit forced. It's going to be a little bit comfortable. It's probably going to be because it's the movement right now, right? Yeah, so you probably have to structure it. It's not going to be freestyling or anything or just uh, organic. So, yeah, you, it's almost like, I guess, if you look at it from the government point of view, you almost have to legislate it. Like say, hey, this is what required. Uh, and then it'll become more organic. I think you gotta give it that push to get the ball rolling, right? Say intentionally, this is what we're gonna do. And yes, it's probably gonna start with having a token black person. And yes, it's probably gonna start with having a token uh, lady, but like keep, the action going and know that that um, uh, that's your intent. That's how, I, I, that's how I would say, almost force it a little bit uh, mm. in the beginning to catch the momentum. I guess once you catch the momentum, then you'll be, it'll, it'll be good. I want to give a huge thanks to our special guests, Gavin St. George of Proud T-Shirts, Amber Massey of T-Shirts for Hope, Nick Burton of Eternal Designs, and Mike Kahn of Synergy Media for participating today in our Diversity and Inclusion podcast. As always, thank you for spending time with us this week. Tune in next week or at your convenience on wherever you listen to your podcast by searching Rock Shop Talk. That's R-O-Q, Shop Talk. On our next show, we'll discuss the topic of foil, special effects, and simulated processes in screen printing. If you'd like to join the live Zoom hangout or even request to be on the show, please visit rock.us forward slash rock shop talk. If you found today's episode helpful, the greatest accolade we could ask for is for you to recommend it to a friend who you think may find it helpful as well. Please like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, rockers. Press onward.